we're back. Yes, the Springbok Supporter Support Group is back and it's better than ever. 2021, we haven't stopped partying since 2019, by the way. But now it's time to hopefully continue the festivities past Saturday because we were starting to get a bit of reach a bit of a lull in the party. Um, it's a difficult time being world champions for and, and never losing a game for this long. I mean, yes, it was COVID, but we did we still didn't lose. And uh, when the South African A team played and lost, I thought, well, maybe the Spinbox uh, support or support group should return. But it wasn't too bad. I mean, it was South Africa A. And then when we lost the first test, I thought, all right, okay. Assemble the men. <laughs> uh, and women. Assemble the men and women. Assemble the Avengers. <laughs> um, yes, we are back and we've got some exciting guests lined up. I can tell you right now, uh, Mr. Ben Plum's going to be joining us uh, later in the series. We're going to do a wrap up. Uh, and today I have a special treat for you. You have to wait to find out who's on the show. First time ever, super exciting. And um, man, I tell you, I miss you guys. It's been um, it's been a long time, <laughs> uh, but we had to come back. The Dark Knight had to return. The Batman has to come back because Gotham needs him again. Uh, speaking about um, Gotham needing someone, how good is Rassi Erasmus? I mean, we. My next guest and I will talk about it in a minute, but uh, the, the hero that we need but aren't ready for yet, am I right? I think I'm going to play a Dark Knight intro here, it's just for Razzy Erasmus to say, Coach, thank you so much if you ever hear this, you are you are a guy, you are a main man, we appreciate it, thank you for putting it all on the line. Uh, at the end of the day, we like to win, and uh, we're, we're results-orientated because uh, you're results-orientated, so um, I think I speak on behalf of all of us when I say we got your back. Um, I, I actually think we'll destroy the guys this weekend. Um, it's difficult to see why we won't. I had zero confidence uh, going into the first uh, tests though because we just, you know, hadn't played rugby in a while and, and all that. But I, uh, I think Razzie is instilled a lot of confidence in, in the guys. Uh, win or lose, we should win all the time, but win or lose, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm proud of the guys, you know. We're gonna win though. But I'm just saying, you know, we're going to be proud either way, but, but we're winning. Okay. Anyway, without any further ado, guys, let's, uh, let's climb in. This episode is sponsored by Pelton's Underwear, protecting that which matters most. Super excited, thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna tell the guys right now that you are a very accomplished former Springbok, which is like fantastic. You're the first ever that I've interviewed and thank, uh, thanks again. So hopefully the first of many. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just happy to have you on. No, thank you. I, I, I don't know whether you should uh, I, I, you tell your listeners that the first time we met, I was probably um, uh, in excess of 100 kilograms and could barely maneuver myself around a touch field. And when someone said that I'd play for the Springboks, you said, you played rugby, really? <laughs> did I? Yeah, you, yeah, you did. You did. So uh, let's, let's remind everyone that, that that's, that's how we started our relationship. 
Oh my goodness. Well, you know, it was a while ago. For, for a guy that hasn't played in a while, it's not, you know, bad shape, you know? Well, no, no, I mean, round is still a shape. But I mean, I, I have, I have, I have now lost a bit of weight, so I'm, I'm getting better. Yeah, you're looking good, pal. And you, oh, um, and you, and you, and you're a lot quicker as well. But on, on that, uh, so in my research, I was reading the New Zealand Herald, um, June 30th, uh, 2000. And you know what they said that day about you? Uh, I, listen, I try to block stuff like that out of my mind, but uh, please, please remind me, refresh my memory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it couldn't so, be 2000, it must have been 1999, it couldn't be 2000. It says, rookie Springbok halfback David von Hoslin could barely contain his delight yesterday after being named in the starting lineup for the Tri-Nations against the All Blacks in Dan Eden. I mean, that's, that must have been 99, because I played in 99, so I don't know where, uh, maybe they skipped to you, but uh, uh, it's definitely 99. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so it goes on. You, 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 you know, you say a whole bunch of things. You know, you've always played for the spin box. My favorite quote from you is, "I am short, but I am quick." <laughs> <laughs> well, there's um, okay. Well, I am still short, but I used to be quick. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, Dave, tell us a little bit about your, um, your your time at the box and what, what that was like. I mean, to play the All Blacks in Dunedin, you played it opposite, apparently, uh, according to this article, Justin Marshall, who's um, uh, who's pretty well known. I think he's the most biased commentator in world rugby, if you ask me personally. Um, uh, but uh, possibly, uh, listen, uh, yeah. Um, so my 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 Springbok career was pretty short-lived. To be fair, I, I was I was picked, um, I was picked, and and and, and I, I say this respectfully, I was I was picked when Yurst got injured. I wish he hadn't got injured because I would have then been his understudy, if that makes sense. Mm. So I would have probably not, yeah. I probably wouldn't have started the the caliber of test that I that I was kind of I end up starting, which I, I wasn't experienced enough to do. You know, I was still very young and wet behind the ears, um, and didn't have a lot of top notch rugby kind of. Um, under my belt, um, but I was yeah. picked, and I, I, I came. My first test was against Italy uh, in in Port Elizabeth, and um, I I came on for 20 minutes, and it was all very exciting. And then the following week, I, I got picked to start against Italy in Durban, and we thrashed 100 and I scored two tries, and uh, I thought I was quite a rock star, and you know life <laughs> is good, you know, and. And then uh, we went off to Wales, and um, I was on the bench to Werner Swanepoel. Yeah. And we, we ended up, we were in the Millennium Stadium, the first time that that Millennium Stadium had been unveiled because it was going to be used for the World Cup. And I um, was on the bench, and we ended up being the first South African team ever to lose to Wales, ever. And I came oh, on with about half an hour to go, and I actually did quite well. But the game was already over, and, and, and so we lost to Wales, and that was like a massive... Um, the massive thing in South African rugby, you know, we 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 always rate ourselves as one of the top couple of rugby teams in the world, and here we'd lost to Wales, and um, so we came yeah. back to South Africa, and um, well, we came back to South Africa, and then we, oh, I'm not quite sure, it's a long time ago, I don't know where they headed straight to New Zealand, I'm not quite sure to play the the first league of the Tri Nations, and I remember getting called in by the coaches, which were Nick Mallet and Alan Solomons. 
and they told me, my, me and, and my, my uh, fly-half partner at the time was Khafi de Toy, and they said that we are going to start against New Zealand. Now, I cannot tell you the feeling wow. that I had. It is the most incredible feeling you can ever experience. Wow. To be to always have been this little kid that was like, used to watch the All Blacks and go like, oh, like one day I'm going to be a Springbok. But, you know, it's a dream in your head, but to actually make it a reality is a completely different, you know, um, uh, experience and and I, I remember yeah. leaving the room and like jumping up and down and you know like I, I couldn't contain my excitement um, and then wow. um, and, and then uh, we were in this little town called Dunedin and if, if anyone if you know if any of your listeners have been to Dunedin it's a tiny little student town it's a lot of students don't get me wrong it's, it's got a lot of people but it's a, it's a tiny little town right down in the south the south island it rains all the time it's miserable weather um, <laughs> it was uh, reality started to set in that I was playing against the best team in the world and I mean the back line then was like you say Justin Marshall Andrew Mertens Tana Umaga um, yes. I can't remember the other centre centre at the time but Jonah Lomu um, Christian Cullen uh, was at fullback and Jeff Wilson was on the wing oh my that's, that's, that's I can't remember the other centre I wish I could I know Tana Umaga was the one I can't remember the other yeah. one but I mean let's, let's be honest it was just quite a um, phenomenal uh, New Zealand side um, yeah. And we had just been, and we were going through quite a transition at that stage. You know, like we were a new team. A lot of the guys that had been playing before had had retired. The the, the Gary Tyshmans and the you know and the Jim Smalls and all those guys uh, and and Andrew Bear and all of those guys were had retired. You know, so this was like a bit of a transition period for the Springboks. And and here I was, this newbie myself and Kaffi, and we were like these new kids on the block. And uh, I just, I think it was a little too soon to, I mean, like, it's not, and I say it respectfully, like, it's not like playing wing. You, you now it's come off the yeah. life, which is like the decision-making positions on the field. And we were playing New Zealand, New Zealand in Dunedin, you know, with, I mean, I, I had a friend there who came to visit me and he was wearing my green Springbok uh, jacket. And he was sitting in the stands and he was the only guy wearing green. Everyone else was wearing black and white. <laughs> My and he was like, and he was sitting there. So it's it's quite an intimidating experience, especially at, at our age. And and I just think it was a little bit much for us. And yeah, it didn't it didn't end up being a a, a memorable test in the sense that we we lost twenty eight nil. You know, the game could have been very different at the time. To, to be fair, we, Naka Drotsky our, our okay, at the time actually scored a try. But you know, you know back then, wow. it was still black, it was still black and white TV. He scored a try under the poles, but it was disallowed because there was no such thing as a third referee. Oh, no. And so, so the ref didn't see it and he couldn't see it. And I think that, I mean, that, that would have changed the game a lot, you know, just psychologically. Yeah. But it never happened in Vietnam and it uh, ended up being um, not, a, not a memorable day. And when you just remember, mentioned the, the New Zealand Herald, I, I remember reading the paper the following morning. Oh, and my it, goodness. And it, and, it, and it said something to, on the longer lines of, David von Hesslen and Hathi de Toy were seen standing outside the New Zealand changing room waiting uh, waiting to swap jerseys, probably knowing it was the last time they'd ever wear a Springbok jersey. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> so so that, that's, that's the memory I have of the New Zealand Herald. Um, but uh, yeah, th- we then went across to Australia. Um, I ended up having to play on the wing. Um, because we had a few injuries and whatever happened and I was on the bench and, and, and I ended up having to come on a, on the wing against Ben Tune. I'd never played anything but scrum up in my life and here I was in a test match playing on the wing, which was quite an experience, mm. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I didn't realize how difficult, like I, to that point, never realized how different the positions are on a rugby field. You know, like we yeah. playing rugby. 
but I'm so used to running towards a ruck and being involved and suddenly at a wing, you, at, on wing, you have to stand in a different position. It's all quite intimidating and challenging. Wow, amazing. Um, yeah, but that was, that was my, my Springbok career. It was, it was all very kind of short-lived, you know. Wow. I mean, an incredible experience. Coming back to Dan Eden, I, I hear that the stadium itself is like, in, in a sense, also quite intimidating. It's very small, you know, um, it's towering. I mean, I don't know. This is what I hear. I mean, I yeah, it's, it's, cha- it's changed a lot from when, when I played, there was like a, 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 like, like a, it was like a shed almost, you know, like, you know, the changing rooms were like, it was like, it's like a farm shed. It wasn't, it wasn't like a stadium. You know, now it's very different. You know, they've obviously spent a lot of money on the stadium now. Um, yeah. But it was very, very different back then. And it was just, it was small and the crowd's right on top of you. And it's just like, the whatever it was. It's not big. So it's not like a South African stadium where you have like 50 or 60,000 people. It's yeah. like only about 20 or 30,000, but they're right on top of you. And they are, and they, and they go ballistic. You know, they sing and scream and shout. And they, and they, yeah. the most passionate, you know, people in the world, the New Zealand's about their rugby. So, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, I can imagine. I'm, I'm actually yeah. staring. Funny enough, I'm, I'm staring at. I, I went and framed my my, my cap and, and the, the 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 flag they give you for every game. They give you one of these these flags, and I've yeah. actually got I've got Justin Marshall's jersey. So the New Zealand Her- uh, Her- New Zealand Herald was was kind of um, spot on because it's it, it was the last time they played against New Zealand, and uh, at least I got Justin Marshall's jersey, so it's framed in a, in a frame with the jersey I played. Oh, well, that's super special. So, I mean, I've so got a love hate relationship with Justin Marshall just because I've always maintained that his commentary is unbelievably biased, but it's okay because he's obviously a big fan of the spin box, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, for you to have played opposite him is huge. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say this, okay? I mean, like, I'll say this about. About New Zealand, as opposed to say in Australia, like Australia, Australia are bad sportsmen. Okay? They are just—they're not nice people when it comes to sport. I don't know what you know. I've met lots of Australians, and they're nice, they're nice enough people. But as sports people, they're—they're they're awful. Okay, but you go to New Zealand, and New Zealand are the most humble, warm, wonderful people. And when you play against them, like they could—they could have taken advantage of the fact that I was such a you know like fresh off the boat newbie at Springbok. They could have intimidated could have chirped me they didn't say a word justin marshall never said a word to me andrew Mason never said a word to you they didn't they didn't try and break you down they just played the game of rugby and i'll always respect that even though i didn't play well anyway <laughs> they didn't <laughs> they, they didn't try and break me down the following week when i got to australia i mean i wasn't even on the pitch i remember i was standing on the side waiting to come on and some guy was screaming at me from the crowd going come on for us Len. play like you played last week you were useless you lost the game for the spring that's that kind of that's a str- Oh my goodness. New Zealand, New Zealanders is not. They go out, they play hard, they play fair, but they they want to beat you at the game of rugby, and and, I, and that's why I always love New Zealand. If it didn't rain so much, I would I would consider moving there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, 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 that's really special. I mean, those Aussies, eh? Holy crap! I mean, you know, I had yeah. no idea there were such. Uh, <laughs> cool. I always say I, I always say the only problem with Australia is it's full of Australians. <laughs> Do you know how many uh, Australian uh, people listen to this podcast that I know no, personally? So, I know no, I'm no, glad listen, that, I, I, I just, I, like I said, I've, I've met a, I've met a million Australians, like, and they're wonderful people, but just the sports people, man, weird. They're just, they're not... No, I'm just joking. Um, yeah, no, I'm just joking. But wow, that's incredible. It must have been so special, like you were saying earlier, to have the coach, uh, Nick Mullet. What was he like? Because, huh? I mean, we see him now, you know, on TV a lot and feel like we know him, but is he the same? Was he different as a coach? Was he, like, 
super authoritative, you know, what, what, what is that like? Now, it's, it's difficult for me to have an opinion on Nick because, if I'm honest, okay, so Nick picked me, let's be fair. He picked me, he saw my potential, and he picked me to play for the spring. And I will always be very grateful for the fact that I've got to play for the spring. However, okay, he... <laughs> He, he, when we lost the game, he, he completely um, blamed myself and Cuffy. Blamed us for the, for the, for the loss. And, and you don't do that to young kids. Eh? You don't do that yeah. to anyone. It doesn't matter how old they are. You, as the coach, you, you picked them and you picked the, 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 the players. And so you obviously believed in them. But you, yeah. you, you can't then lose them for the loss you know and that's what he did and 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 so i mean i've, I've never said a word to nick since i've never heard from him he never he never even dropped me from the springboks he didn't phone me and say dave listen we're going with us again which is what happened on the on the home league uh. i heard in the press i only heard in the press and, and so from that perspective i'm really the man but yeah having said that like i have a lot of respect for him for the person for the coach he is for his his um knowledge on rugby he's he's, he's Amazing, um, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, he's a, uh, like technically, technically, he's, he's really astute and he's done very well. And and he and he and he, and he picked me to play for Springboks. Like, I'll always be grateful. Um, yeah, outlived that was. You know, the way he treated me wasn't good. And, and and I think I would have just appreciated a call to say, Hey, Dave, listen, we're going with someone else, or with with years to get or whatever the situation. And, and I never got that. And 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 to this day, yeah. like I kind of make a joke, a lighthearted joke that you know I was never really dropped from the stream books. They should they should still be paying me a retainer, or you know, because <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't get dropped. But but at, just at the heart of it, it'll be I, it'll be cool if I just got a call from the guy to say, Hey, man, we're gonna we're gonna go back, whatever the situation. I just I never got that. Amazing. I mean, wow. Yeah, I, I can imagine the, the thrill of selection and then things don't go that well and you don't get that backing. But also, I mean, to, to come in for yours is huge boots to fill, um, to fill rather. And uh, you're, you're so young. I mean, wow. Incredible story. I mean, I can imagine it's a bit bittersweet. Uh, like you had this great yeah. moment and then it's like, ah, oh, you know, wow. I think coaching yeah. has changed a lot since then, though. I think no, I'd like to think that the guys are better with their, yeah, with the, with the with Absolutely, their I mean, absolutely, it's become better, and and it's the whole management of of people has become better. I mean, they, I've said it too many times. I'm not going to get into names of people uh, who coached yeah. me who've been absolutely horrid at, at managing people. Um, and it's, I suppose, I suppose the way rugby is going, it'll go in the way that 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 football's gone, and that you don't really have a coach, you have a manager. It's hard to manage the people in the team you, you be, be able to identify the, the potential or the, the you know the person and then being able to manage and get the best out of them and you're gonna have different personalities in a team and you've got to manage everyone differently and that's why you have a manager in football you don't have a coach you know whereas we yeah. still have coaches but you know they're, they're different levels of coaches like a Rossi Rasmus I, mm. I played with I played with Rossi at the at the cats that man knows rugby and he also knows people and he knows how to get the best out of people i mean look look what he did to, just to get onto with world cup to take in 18 months to do what he did with, with a bunch of people the yeah. same group of people that were getting thumped by the by the likes of new zealand i mean we lost to italy i think we lost to italy. argentina we were losing to everyone and he took the same group of people and made them world beaters that's a person that can identify how to get the best out of individuals and that's what makes a coach, so to speak, like now, like which we would call him a manager in football. That's what you got to do. And I've had 
I've, I've had coaches who were just the worst people 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 in the world yeah how they they got to that level it still astounds me because yeah. they should never be in those positions but but that's the that's the development that we've had and, and now we get to the people like a like a like a russian and now Jacques Ninaba and everyone goes oh but how did he manage to get there Jacques Ninaba has been in the system for so he was the coach he was my coach at the Stormers he was my not coach he was my physio at the Stormers but it's not about you know I mean there's a lot of people that will study like an MBA and then you know uh, yeah. or study chartered accountancy and then man, own a restaurant so to speak like and it's not about what you've studied it's about you know it's it's about your your gift and and your and, and your and the guidance you get around from other people and so i i said when jock never before jock never was appointed i said he's the right guy for it he's been in the system he knows the setup he knows the players he knows how to he knows how to manage people and that's what you need and that's a jock never um and yeah, that's and what, you know what, and that's that's what he would say sorry that's what jock was saying in the week as well this week he was saying he feels more of a facilitator right but he doesn't feel like He's coaching the guys. He's feeling like he's facilitating, you know, the, we, the environment. Well, that's the thing. When you get to that level, you don't need to be coached anymore. You've been playing the game since you were like seven years old. You don't need to be coached. Yes, you can be guided and you can be assisted, and you can. It's like you know, I I I suck at golf, but when I'm playing golf, I can see what someone else is doing wrong, and I can say, hey, you maybe try this, or and that's what you need to be to be a good coach. You don't necessarily have to. coach that person you can just guide them but also it's about how managing the emotional side that's the biggest part you know is is managing the person so that they are confident in their own ability you know when because it's tough at the top there. it's it's really tough you get a lot of criticism you get a lot of people like we South Africans are so yeah uh, and so Very like true. when things go wrong when things go wrong cheese we like slate the, the player and it's it's just who we are we passionate but it doesn't make us wrong it's just who we are we want we want our team to win and it's hard not to take that criticism you know uh, personally and like can you imagine that group of players that was getting thumped by Argentina and Italy and all kinds of and Wales listen I, i'll say that when Wales finally beat us for the for the second time i was the biggest Wales supporter in the world I was like yes <laughs> it's not me anymore <laughs> but that was a very short lived thing i am a springbok supporter i just i still want that label but but you know you can imagine how hard how hard that was as a springbok player you know to to try and get yourself out of that rut And, and a guy like Russ has come in and he's dragged those players those same people and made them world champions that's amazing yeah. that's the kind of people we need in our system not the people that will treat you like you are in the army and you will fit into the system or you will you know therefore excuse my language yeah you know I mean? that, no that, Russ that's, and that's the yeah. I've had a I've had a couple I've had a couple of coaches like that and I, I wonder how they've ever made it in you know but it's uh systems are changing and the right type of people are coming in to to manage the person as opposed to make you forcing you into a process yeah yeah i hear you and uh, i mean rusty seems like that guy like just from the outside never so cool by the way that you played with him <laughs> dave you gotta tell us more of these war stories man um but uh just looking from the outside man you can see the results he's a results oriented guy looks like you know and he's getting the results so actually let's get right into it then what um kind of the reason why you're here is you're with uh, super interested in your commentary um on the on the lines tour you're right i mean it's the most i don't know talked about tour everyone up the european guys are saying oh, it's boring it's this and that it's so boring but they're talking about it all the time so it can't be that boring. 
You know, I mean, for sure the rugby. No, it's not boring. I don't know. No, it's not boring. I, I would. I, I'm. I would. <laughs> how do you know a guy went to bishops? Because he'll tell you. <laughs> I was at bishops. Okay, we did. That's what we did. Was play running, play running rugby. Anyone who says we're boring is lying. Okay, it's strategic. Yes, maybe the the kicking. Okay, yeah, maybe we don't need to do as much of it. But you know, when we when we get the chance, we take our opportunities. I think in the last two games, what we scored two tries in each game. That's test match rugby, eh? Against yeah. like, against the British and Irish lines, we scored two test uh, two tries in each test. Is it? Uh, am I right, Pat? Two tries in each test, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two tries in a test match is, is a decent amount of tries, man. I mean, I lost twenty eight nil. I was 28 0 to New Zealand and I was I was I was crucified. That's only four tries. Okay, so we scored two tries in a test match on both occasions. Um the one we lost um <laughs> I, I have to say that I've I have predicted both scores. Um I said Really? If we, well I didn't get it, I didn't predict the score, but I said unless we had a bit of magic by uh Chisholm Colby or something first test match by two three four points we ended up losing and we and we and the, the couple of things that could have gone our way didn't go our way which is a couple of magic moments and then we didn't score the try and so we ended up losing by, by five points the second test match i said that we would win um i said we'd, what did i say i said we'd win and i said we'd win um by more than seven points. I said we, win, wow. we ended That's up. We ended up. Cool. We ended up. Uh, no, we ended up winning. Score, but I said we win by more than seven, which we did. Okay, and I yeah. think that now. I think right, we'll win. That's, that's what we all and I, and I speak for everyone listening when I say we all dying to hear what your prediction is. Okay. No, I don't want to. No, no, I don't want to predict. I think we'll win easily. I think we'll win more than that. More than two tries. That would be my prediction. I think we'll win easily. I don't think that this try will be that that much of a contest. I think we showed in the contest as soon as we got into our stride. And and to think that now you're on the third week of a tour. Um, yeah. You know, tours are difficult. Eh? Tours are not easy to start with. So if first test, and they always, I mean, their the history is that if they won the first test, that you'd win the series. Yeah. You see. We went really with a lot of COVID. I spoke to Chevin Yakani in the in the week of the first test, and he was just like Dave. And I, I probably I don't know if I'm even supposed to talk about this now, but Trevor mm. said to me like Dave, like we've we COVID, like we can't train, we can't do anything, like we've got COVID everywhere. Okay, so the first test, they the guys came out looking amazing, and then just towards the end. Okay, second yeah. test, they'd obviously got all go got over all the COVID. That also we hadn't played in forever, and so we finally had a bit of unity and a bit of cohesion, and so we, so we pulled it all together, and we and we gave them a thrashing. Whatever in score was, we gave them a thrashing. I think this yeah. is the third contest going to be a known contest. I could be wrong. I'm not saying I don't. I don't know. I, I don't always get predictions. Gonna, but I've got the first. I'm gonna. I've got the first I'm so I'm gonna go with the, I'm gonna go with your prediction because those are some good. I went into this with zero confidence in in us because of our SAA performance and because you know I just didn't have the information to make a good call. And when we lost the first one and faded, I thought, oh, you know, it was kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I zero expectations for the second one. Um, I thought we'd win, you know, optimistically. You expect us to bounce back. But I didn't expect us to win by such a margin. I mean, I was hoping we'd put 50 on them. 
you know, it's a bit optimistic, but I mean, that's what I was hoping. So, yeah, it's really great that uh, at least an actual professional former Spurmbok thinks the third one's going to go well. That's helping me out. <laughs> I, think, I think they'll have a more complete performance. The first test, we had a good first half and a very poor second half. This test, we had a, it was a bit more competitive in the, in the first half, you know, and then suddenly in the second half, we got into gear. I think we're going to have a much more complete performance in this third test. And I think it's, it's going to be, I think we're going to win easily. That's my prediction. And, and your mate Trevor was massive last week, eh? Yes, he was. No, he, 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 he was. So was his tongue, eh? I think it made every uh, yeah. social media platform. But uh, yeah, he was massive. And, and, and he's a good man, eh? He's a good man, that. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I wish I knew half as many sperm boxes as you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, listen, I only, I, I only met Trevor through, and I'll, I'll, I'll show you what kind of man the guy is. I, um, I, 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 along with a friend, started a few lockdown I, I i wanted something i wanted to give back a bit and then it actually wasn't my idea it was his idea to just to help people with with the feeding scheme and he started with a 200 rand and it grew from the 200 rand to feeding 3,000 people a week by the end of it um and uh Fantastic. and he, he he asked me to get involved to see if he could give it a bit of you know traction and, and a bit of um uh exposure and so I um, I phoned Joel Stransky first of all. Joel joined us, and then I phoned uh, John Smith and got him. And then I realised, hang on, I've got a World Cup winner from '95. I've got a World Cup winner from 2007. All I need is someone from 2000 and uh, what is it? 19. And we've got three three World Cup winners. Um, uh, you know, from the three World Cup times we times we won the World Cup. So I spoke to a friend of mine. Um, and, and she, she who, who works very closely with the Springbok said, phone Trevor Nyakani. He's that guy. Wow. I phoned Trevor and he was, he was like amazing. He like, he said, Dave, I'm there. And he was there for like uh, about a month, every Friday feeding, helping us feeding people. Oh, he was wow. Ru- he jumped right on board. He was just incredible. So that's how I got to know him. Not because not of through rugby. I, I got to know him actually through a feeding scheme. Wow, amazing. Hectic. Wow, that's really cool. I mean... Um, firstly, uh, John Smith's like one of my all-time favorite captains, but to have all three of those guys, Joel Stransky, that's awesome. Wow, that's really Yeah, that's it was pretty cool. So, so it was pretty cool. So we had these, uh, we had these uh, three World Cup winners in the speeding yeah. scheme. And so, and the press were there and they were, they were there, to, you know, wanting to take photos and they, they, I kept getting kicked out of photographs. You know, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> We, we know you're a Springbok, but you you don't really count if you just step to the side there, big, big guy. <laughs> who's that guy next to Joel Stransky and Trevor? Yeah. <laughs> oh, who's, the, who's the guy in the back? Like, in, what's, that, uh, what's that movie? Um, who's he with? Shrek, you know? <laughs> pick me, pick me, bouncing in the background. That was like me. <laughs> um, I mean, that's such a, you know, the Springboks go kind of hand in hand with the people on the ground, the culture that, uh, at least that's the new culture for me right now you know it's like Springbok rugby is interested in grassroots but but now it's about the fact that when people are struggling that is kind of you know what the box use as as fuel to give people a hope which is the thing right yeah. so it's amazing to see that the cycle goes back that they then give they you know give back you guys give back to to those people that uh are, you know that yeah, are underprivileged and that's that's why Rusty's so amazing. Like I mean, if, if you think about it, like I bet you 
for the World Cup final were thinking the way he was thinking. They were thinking, I'm in a World Cup final. I'm here to, you know, like this for me is massive. For the, you know, the for for the Springboks is massive. But when he said, when he when Rusty Tiran said, you actually don't have the right to be nervous today because it's not about you. It's about the how many million people we have in this country that are that are suffering. Yeah. We've got we've got so many problems in this country. And and this this will bring hope to those people. And and I think Rusty changing their mindset to go, you don't have the right to be nervous. That must have, that must have hit at the heart of every single one of those Springboks. And it's probably the reason we played the game that we did, and won the World Cup like we did. Yeah. Was because it's something like that. And that's why you need people like a Rusty Rasmus who can who yeah. can bring the best out of every single individual. Yeah, and so now old Rassi is in a position where everyone is on his case and saying that bringing you know the sport into distribute and all this and all that. I mean, um, obviously we're we're not gonna as a Springbok supporter support group gonna say yeah Rassi needs to you know work on this or whatever. For goodness sake, for me it's like it's a it's a result orientated business. We're not interested in and and to be fair, I think Warren Gatlin. You know, he says he didn't say it, but we all heard him, and we know that he questioned old uh, Marius Jonka. You know, so I think. Of course, I mean, and this is. Of course, I mean, it was. It was. He 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 made that comment strategically. Or to the Warren Gatlin, he made that comment strategically, knowing it would affect. Uh, Marius Jonker and his decision making because he's then he he's so he's only human his psyche is I don't want to be seen as biased and so those 50 50s went against us what Rusty did was okay it was genius even if he does get sanctioned okay and yeah. as we say it worked in the second year not because the the referee ended up being biased for South Africa that first half was what 18 minutes oh no sorry it was like what is it an hour no, what it was did like, I say it was? yeah it was like an hour 60, or something I don't know it was like 60 minutes 60 odd minutes do you know why? Because those those referees were so uh, paranoid about making the wrong decision. Yeah. Said hit home because it, it was factual, it was true, and so they can say what they want, but they have to then ensure that they made yeah. the right decisions. And what did it do? It worked. In a 50-50 calls that were going against us suddenly yeah. started to go with us, not because they were biased, but because they had to make the right decisions. And so do, what? Do you what think Rusty, that yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Dave. So what, no, no, what Rusty did was genius. It was absolutely genius. It was worth the risk it took because it put rugby, world rugby in their place and it made them actually uh, realize that they couldn't just get away with what they'd been doing before, which was get, like fob you off and give you like a half answer and, yeah. you know, and, and blame it and put it down to human error. No, they had to now take accountability for what they were, for the decisions they were making. And yeah, they, and, I think uh, yeah, it helped and, us. And it's not the first time that polls have gone for, I mean, obviously, we will, we'll, I mean, the New Zealand, you know, the last show in New Zealand, you know, with the accidental offside, I mean, it's, it's calls like that where they go for the lines when they shouldn't because it's a big call and uh, it's, it's a huge tournament and they just seem to have had, you know, that kind of um, sort of... You know, what can I say? That that kind of, you know, those kinds of things going for them going into this tour. It's like, you know, the, those small little margins, they're going to win because they're not an, a real team or I don't know what it is for some reason in, in the minds of, you know, the the official of, of the officials. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's it. I mean, I think he did was he, he was absolutely um, 
justified in what he said. I, if if I can give him criticism, he probably should have pointed out um, if there were any. You know, I'm not quite sure if there were if there yeah. were mistakes made, and because then much more just fair across the board. He said, "Here are all the mistakes." I'm not quite sure if he did that. I didn't actually see that no. sixty-two minutes. No, so I'm not. So I don't think he pointed out any of the mistakes that. But not that maybe weren't justified, but and I would have it done would have that been if I were him. Two hours probably. <laughs> yeah, that would have been tough. But what he did was made them sit up and realize that they had to start getting things right. So I think it was yeah. genius. Yeah, yeah, he did the tough thing, and uh, and I think he made it difficult for Gatlin to absolutely ever say anything about the referee. Gatlin has now lost basically uh, has all rights to ever criticize the referee publicly again. Because he you know practically, yeah. You know what I loved when when Rusty said after that first. Um, you know, uh, I would never sit here and say yeah. that because the referee that was was refereeing the second test, I can't remember his name now, but he was a New Zealander. And he's, and say, well, the referee's New Zealander, and so that's unfair because Warren Gatland is a New Zealander, and so <laughs> the, you know, and he he says, I would never sit here and say that, but by saying that, he was saying it. If that makes yeah. sense, so <laughs> right, so no. it was it was it, it was it was so it was so it was such genius, and I'm like, man, the man, the man's a genius, man. Like, yeah, yeah, it's so it's so subtle. Yeah, bring it up, bring it up, and yeah. I mean, it's all oh, the man games you play. I, I, I find that, that it's he's quite overt. You know, it's 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 not that he's saying it. Um, and we, well, I mean, it is his subtlety is overt. That's what I'm trying to say. Whereas Gatlin's subtlety is covert. You know, and we're like, we're having to kind of put two and two together, and we say, oh, he's being very diplomatic. Whereas Rassi is just like, you know, he's clearly making a statement, but he's he's uh, kind of giving himself plausible deniability. To say that's, I mean, I'm saying emphatically that I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to stick in court. I loved it. Uh, I, I loved it. I mean, Warren Gatlin got caught out in his own game. Yes, it works in the first test, but he got caught out hard in that second game. Well, do you think there's a chance that it might swing back and hurt us now? With the officials being told they're going to speed the game up now because. You know, we were um, obviously um, it was very slow and it was good advantageous to us. I imagine they'll be told, "Listen, you got to speed it up, and you can't go back for everything." Do you think I might just swing back in the opposite direction now? No, they they can't. They, they they've got to get decisions right. That that's the underlying tone of it. Is that they can't keep getting these things wrong. They've got to get them right. So whatever that takes, you know, whatever it takes. Yes, maybe they've got to try and speed up that, but. At the end of the day, like if they speed it up and get it wrong again, well then we've got nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so so your final prediction then is that it's two one. Springboks are, are beating the guys. It's a it's a dead issue. It's all over. We should bring out. The oh, hey, this is still this is still sport. Eh? Like there's nothing. <laughs> I actually had a. An argument, um, and, I, and I hope he forgives me. But I had an argument with uh, Brad Habana, not you know Brian's brother. Um, uh, was it last night or the night before on on LinkedIn? Because he he put up that um, that uh, the, the other. I don't know if you watched in the Olympics the two high jumpers that decided to share gold. Okay? And, no, and everyone was going on. Okay, so the story was there was two high jumpers. The one was a guy from Saudi Arabia, and the other guy was uh, an Italian guy, and the 
uh, they ended up on the same height. And so the, the, their Saudi guy, um, I think Saudi or Saudi, he was a Saudi guy. And he, um, he agreed to share gold with the Italian guy. And everyone was oh. talking about what sportsmanship this was. And I just said, that's absolute crap. It's like we don't watch sports uh, to, to, to have someone decide to share gold with another guy because he's won it before. And you now when yeah. the Italian guy, you know, when the, the honeymoon wears off, he's going to realize he didn't really win it. He was like allowed to share the limelight with a guy that's actually better than him for a minute. Yeah. And he's going to have a gold medal, but he's going to know it's going to feel empty. As a sportsman, I know this, that if someone else just said, ah, you can share gold with me, it's, you're not, you didn't win. You need a, like, yeah. you're not going to get a World Cup soccer final and they end up one all. They go, ah, we'll just share the, what, the, the World Cup together. They go, no, 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 no. Penalty shootouts. And as unfair as those penalty shootouts, yeah. Yeah, sports people. We want to see, we want to see the, the, the adulation or the, and the victory. And we want to see the pain of the person. That, it's what, why we watch the sport, you know? Yeah, it is why there. we watch the sport. We, we don't, we don't watch it so people can hug each other and sing Kumbaya. That's, there's, there's ways no. you, that you, <laughs> there's ways that you can show sportsmanship. You know, I saw it in a, in a triathlete, a triathlon where one guy came around the finishing bend and he ran the wrong way and the guy behind him stopped and then allowed him to go first because he was going to win. The guy just got it. He, he must he misread the right the route. I think I've seen and, that. you know now that's sportsmanship okay sportsmanship it's not sportsmanship in a work in a in an olympic final to just allow someone to share the gold with you because i don't know you've won it before so it doesn't mean as much to you so you're like ah dude let's just share that's just that's not why we watch sport so yeah. i had this argument with brad who was going oh it's such sportsmanship and kids and i'm like you know i'm going to teach my kids uh, good values too. I'm going to teach them right and wrong, but I'm also not going to teach them that you know just uh, just do your best and some maybe some guy will let you share the gold medal with him if he's you know you know feeling you know if he's feeling friendly that day. That's not why we play the game. So so uh, if I had aggressed a bit, what I mean by that, you know, there's nothing given in sport, and maybe no. I'm completely wrong on Saturday. Maybe we get thumped by the Lions. I don't think so. And I really hope that someone like Chesney Colby, who's been like one of the most outstanding players, probably the most outstanding player in the world right now, gets to play a bit. And, and if you ask about boring rugby, no, I don't think we're boring. I, I, yes, maybe uh, we, we kick a little too much scoring tries. But I, I hope that if someone like Chesney gets into the game, he deserves to stamp yeah. his mark mark on this on this uh, this test series because he hasn't really had a chance yet. Um, and I hope he gets involved. But I do that we're a better team. Uh, yeah. I do think that we'll win easily. Uh, it won't be within seven points. I'm, I think it'll be greater than that, but I don't think it'll be within seven. And I think that uh, we will come out victors, but it's sport and you never know. Yeah, well, <laughs> I love your prediction and I hope that it's, you know, double the amount that you're predicting. Um, but just on that quickly, you know, I, I don't know when like the rest of the world is going to just understand that we're going to play Springbok rugby. We're not going to play New Zealand rugby. We're not going to play... Because all these guys that are saying it's boring, most of them haven't won anything. Okay, I know that it started off with a New Zealand coach saying that he was falling asleep. But he wants us, I think, to play that open, you know, style, skill, offload game that the All Blacks play, which I think Australia try and do every week, and they lose to them. I mean, they're playing them at the Eden Park now this weekend. They haven't, yeah. I'm not sure they've beaten them in the 50 years in Eden Park. I mean, I, I'll have to check that stat, but I, I, I can stand by it. If it's not 50, it'll be like 100 years at Eden Park that they haven't beaten them. And they play that, 
I think they play into the hands of the All Blacks. I don't know that many teams can play the ball like that. And I think our strength is the mall. We love the malls. I love the rolling malls. I played, I mean, you obviously, you know, you know, you, you we, I feel like in South Africa, we have a lot of rolling malls. We, we love the lineouts. We love the set piece. And all these guys want us to have this, um, you know, the Sonny Bill Williams rugby, champagne rugby, expansive rugby. I just feel like the world needs to just, you know, understand we're just never going to do it because we, it, it doesn't work for us, you know, and we're winning playing our rugby. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's, there's different, I mean, listen, I love New Zealand rugby, okay? Don't get me wrong, okay? I love yeah, New Zealand rugby. Yeah, it's exciting. They're amazing. They're, and they've been one of the, the best team, one of the best teams, the best team in the world for a long time, okay? Cool, that's amazing. And like you say, you, you hit the nail on the head by saying, Australia tries to play that rugby every week. They keep getting thumped because they, it's, it's, they need to go to the drawing board and go work out what works for them. What works for us is, you know, is, is, is creating the foundation to then be able to spread it to, to we're not, we're not, we're not. And, and no one must expect us to either. At the end of the day, there's no comments column on a score sheet. It's who won. And, and as much as I'm, as much, as much as I'm a vicious boy, uh, yeah, I told you again, much as I'm a vicious yeah, boy and, 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 and I love my running. At the same time, at the end of the day, at that level of sport, you need to win. And yeah. what is our, the best way for us to play, for us to win the game. And so does that mean that we need to, 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 to work to us, the, 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 the line up, the set pieces, so to speak. And, and then from there, create opportunities to give the guys like a Cheswin Colby the opportunity to score. Well, yes, and that's and that's how we're playing at the moment. That's how we're winning. It's not like we're not scoring tries. It's not like we're winning fifteen penalties. You know, exactly. we, we 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 won the last test match. We scored two tries, two very good tries, and and we so we creating opportunities, finishing off, and that's winning games. So if anyone wants to call us boring, well. They probably just jealous the fact that yeah, we are and actually and we will we will we will champions right now we and deservedly so and we're about to win a lions I think win a lions too as well. Ah, oh, Dave, well, I wish I could have you on all night uh, and we could just talk about this until the game plays. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> should, should, if I mean, should we since we had not before the hour should we tell everyone about uh, how you played touch one day without any shoes and thought you should sidestep most of the, the opposition that that astounded me eh? still one of the best touch touches I've ever seen was you uh, in, the, in the wet I think it was even wet that day and you were you were you, out, you outshone most people and you were wearing no shoes oh wow <laughs> thanks Dave that's very sweet no one has ever commented positively about that <laughs> I'm gonna record this. I'm gonna cut this snippet out. I'm gonna play it over and over. I've never had uh, positive reinforcement. No, yeah, thank you so much, but um, um, yeah, flip it. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, uh, it was like uh, I, um, my shoes were killing me. If anyone cares, and I just couldn't deal. And I had to buy new ones. And then I played uh, barefoot, but I was really quick, but I wasn't very good at stopping. So I had to keep going. That's the thing. Keep going. Well, well, well at, at the risk of sounding cheesy, you played right out of your boots that day. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Dave. That's, let me tell you, that's one of the biggest compliments ever, pal. <laughs> There's nothing like receiving a compliment from a Springbok, let me tell you. Uh, it's awesome. A, a Springbok who you didn't know was a Springbok. 
<laughs> well, I didn't know. That's right. Yeah. Well, Dave, thank yeah. you. You are an absolute gentleman, a scholar, a bishop's boy, um, and uh, an all-round good guy. Um, congratulations! I want to tell the guys you just had a, a a baby a few months ago and a baby girl, and you saw your dad now. Um, so congratulations on that, bro. Thank you, boy. I, 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 yeah, one of the biggest gifts you could ever have. I mean, like you say, like there's there's is you know life is a a mofo uh, let's call it that life mm. and it's it's it's, <laughs> it's not a walk, it's not a walk in the park but there's certain things in life that are that are blessings you know one one it is being able to say that i i pulled a springbok jersey on I, I don't think i can ever explain to anyone what that feels like and um you know it, it, it's it's just the most incredible um blessing but but having a child uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it resonates with a few of your fans out there. Probably, if you have children at home, it's 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 probably the biggest blessing you can ever have. Yes, yes, and it's made you a, a better man and a, and a great dad, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, congratulations. I I uh, I know the Springboks are gonna pull it through exactly according to your predictions because you haven't been wrong so far. Um, <laughs> so yeah, hopefully they can make it happen. And thank you so much, Dave. Thank you for coming on the show. What a privilege to have you. I won't keep you too long because I know you probably have to change diapers and that kind of thing and warm up bottles and, and, and do, I don't know, disinfect. So, um, no, I want to show for a second and say my child is the easiest child in the world. Yeah, she, she barely wakes up during the night. Uh, she, she drinks cold milk. Uh, she burps easy. Um, oh. And... Uh, She's been a blessing. I, I, I can't complain about uh, uh, my, my beautiful little Isla Brook. Like, I really can't. Ah, oh, that is the sweetest thing, brother. Congratulations. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my friend. What a treat uh, to have an actual Spinbok on the show for the first time. I'm going to try and keep it going, see how many we can get, guys. Always interesting talking to these guys. Uh, thanks so much, Dave, again for, uh, for being on the show, pal. It's always a privilege. Uh, super excited about the weekend. I think, we, I think we'll come away with the victory. And a special congratulations to uh, a, a good friend, a Spinbok supporter, support friend of, uh, of ours, uh, Craig Haird. On uh, his birthday, he just turned uh, 35. <laughs> I don't know actually how old he's turning, Craig. You could be turning 20, actually. Uh, but Craig, happy birthday, boy. See you soon. And uh, guys, thanks so much. We'll see you next time.